by the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. This episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Ben, today, in our... I like that. Thank you for the uh, the little theme music there for Built Bar. We should, we should really... We should sell that back to them. Be like, hey, we came up with this new theme song for you guys. It's, it's never been said before. This particular <laughs> melody is completely organic. <laughs> completely unique to what's going on. Ben, we are continuing our draft recap series again on this episode. And it is a team that I am very familiar with. I've been very much looking forward to this episode for a long time. And that is the recap for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought the Bucs did a great job of addressing a lot of the things that they were looking forward to. I know that we're definitely going to get into one of the hot take picks with our guest here this podcast. But before I ask you for your opinion, I'll just recap it for everybody at home. Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle from Iowa, was their first pick at number 13 overall. Then in the second round, they want Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety from Minnesota. The third round, they picked Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back from Vanderbilt. Fifth round, Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver from Minnesota. His slide stopped there. Sixth round, they went Khalil Davis, the defensive tackle from Nebraska, my boy. Seventh round, they went Chappelle Russell, the linebacker from Temple. And then in the seventh round, Raymond Calais, the running back from Louisiana Lafayette. Like I said, I think that they addressed a lot of their needs coming into it. And we often try to peg teams with their biggest team needs and then really see how they can apply them throughout all seven rounds of the draft. How do you think the Bucks did, Ben? I just firstly, I just now realized they got Raymond Calais, who I like a fair bit. Uh, so this is big news for me. I like their class more than I did five seconds ago. So I didn't, I didn't know that they followed Vaughn with another pick. No, this is a lot of players that not like that we liked on this podcast together as a whole, like Khalil Davis, Tyler Johnson, and then obviously Keyshawn Vaughn, more so one of your guys. But that, especially that day three push, was a lot of our dudes. I remember the Tyler Johnson pick just being like, oh man, you know, like that's if, if Johnson is what we think he is, which obviously we in the league disagree, that's a really exciting one. They they, they went after need, they went after talent. Light for everything that he is in terms of valuing players Mm -hmm. has been a good evaluator uh, Mm -hmm. across the course of his career. I thought he got good talent here. I do too. Now I could talk this entire podcast about my opinion on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go get some Starbucks. No, 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 no. I'm saying that we need another voice. We need another expert Uh. Buccaneers voice to join us, and that's why we brought in James Yarko, who is a good friend of mine, a guy whose podcast I have been on multiple times. He is the co-host of Locked On Bucks. James, how you doing, my friend? I am fantastic, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be on here with you. No, we really appreciate you joining us. I'll start off with things at the top, and everybody knew, whether you were in the NFL, on that side of things, or on the media, or a football fan basically in any way. The Bucks needed a tackle. This was the position that they were targeting in the first round. They ended up going with Tristan Wirfs, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on Tristan Wirfs, but I'd also love to hear who you wanted the most for the Buccaneers out of the big four guys. Jedrick Wills, Mekhi Becton, uh, Tristan Wirfs, and then uh, Andrew Thomas as well. So those were the big, big four guys. You wonder where they were going to come off the board. Bucks end up getting Tristan Wirfs, but how'd you have them ordered, and what do you think of the Tristan Wirfs pick? I love the Werfs pick. I actually had him as my number two guy behind Jedrick Wills. So to have him be the fourth one off the board and go to the Bucks, I was thrilled. I mean, Werfs, you guys know, he's an absolute freak of nature. He's ridiculously athletic and, and the pool, for as big as he is. The jumping out of the pool video, is oh the, it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
Yeah. Ben, I, Ben, you've seen I that, correct? Yeah, I've seen it. I like. I can't understand anything that these guys do. You know what I mean? Like, I this, can't even. Yeah, but this one was like next level. Well, no, for sure. It's the fact that like I've never even once tried to jump in a pool, even in a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like when he jumps all the way out of the pool, I'm just like, this isn't even Earth. Like ne- he's on Mars. Next the time, different. next time you're in a pool, just earnestly try to jump right. out of it. Like, give it your best shot. And see how unbelievable it is for a 320 pounder to do that. Sorry, James, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just I, that's oh, no. that video is just like I, I. Every time somebody says the name Tristan Wirfs, I think of that video, and I'm in awe that he's even a real human being. Oh yeah, I'm I'm half his weight, and I can't jump out of a kiddie pool. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, this guy is he's so good at at what he does, and and what I really like about him is the versatility he has. The the experience playing on both sides of the line, you know, he can play left tackle and, you know, you know, as well as I do, the big talk has always been, you know, can Donovan Smith really step up? And that's a guy whose contract they can get out from under next year with with no dead space. And, you know, if he doesn't live up to his end of the deal, you know, they have their left tackle in waiting right there for them. So I think not only does worse help solidify the offensive line, he's also going to push Donovan Smith in a way that Smith has yet to be pushed as a left tackle in the NFL. So I'm really excited for what he's going to bring to this offense and, and helping to keep number 12 upright. My question, I think that a common question when you look at Tampa Bay, especially as people looked at them, immediately after the Tom Brady signing is, did we do enough? Is this offensive line enough? Because Brady has always played behind Dante Skarnakia, elite New England offensive lines. The offensive line was a problem last year for Tampa in pass protection. Right tackle was certainly the big issue. You add Tristan Wurst, but they don't have any other draft picks that they bring on. Uh, Donovan Smith remains there at the left tackle. Obviously, he is a guy who might be a cap casualty in years upcoming. Right now for Brady and then next year for Brady, because obviously it's a two-year deal for Tom. Do we think that they've done enough on the offensive line? Do we think that we need to continue to see development? Can they deal with injury? Are they deep enough? How do you feel about the unit as a whole? I I think they have enough right now to get through this season, but it is something that they're going to have to address again moving forward into 2021. Now, I thought Alex Kappa did a pretty solid job at the guard position. You could tell that. You could tell that he was getting better as this season went on, but they did get hit pretty hard by some injuries. And I think that's where somebody like Joe Haig really comes in and is going to help solidify you know, this this unit as a whole should somebody go down with an injury. So you you take a look at, at you know, Ryan Jensen has been a pretty solid player. Ali Marpet next to Levante David is one of the most criminally underrated players yeah. in the entire league. Amen. So. <laughs> and then you take a look at the offensive line gets a lot of flack and and yeah they had their moments but so does every other offensive line in football and and they would get kind of ridiculed for times when Jameis Winston just wouldn't let go of the ball he wouldn't make a decision he wouldn't dump it off and he's holding the ball you know three four five six seconds and then all of a sudden he gets blasted so you know that's not really on the line you, you get to a point where you gotta let it rip so I think this offensive line, it's its not, you know, the best in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination, but it's good enough to get the job done with a quarterback back there that has an internal clock as quick as Brady's, where if, if you know, a certain read isn't there, he's going to dump it off and just keep the play going and, and move the sticks in whatever way he can. I would agree with that. 
I think that this is you know certainly it, it's not a complete offensive line, but I think a lot of the pieces are there for at least them to do what they need to be able to do. I think over the next couple of years they'll still continue to make upgrades to it, but I don't think it's a you know a, a bottom ten offensive line, which I think is is really just what you're trying to avoid with Brady back there. Uh, their second pick of the draft, Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety from Minnesota. You know, as I was watching this pick start to come on the clock. You know, we were at number 41 and 42, and I was doing a live stream with, with Jordan Reed, our our co-host, or our um, our colleague at the Draft Network, and he kept saying, he's like, hey, these running backs are still on the board. Is he going to be a running back? And I saw J.K. Dobbins' name, and I was like, Dobbins is still there. Mm-hmm. Dobbins is still there. Then it became pick number 43, 44. We're one pick away. Dobbins is still on the board. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are they about to get Tristan Wirfs and J.K. Dobbins? Jordan asked me when we were on the live stream, is there a player – that they would pick instead of J.K. Dobbins. And I said to him, I swear that I said this before the pick was made. It's the, a lie. The only pick <laughs> would be Antoine Winfield Jr. And I said because he is exactly the kind of safety that they are looking for. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on them passing up Dobbins and then what you think of Winfield Jr. being the pick at 45. Well, I, I went into day two already in a bad mood because the Kansas City Chiefs ruined my life with pick 32. In Bucks the first round. fans were so in on Clyde Edwards-Elair, and I tried oh, to tell people he's not going to make it to 45. He's just not going to make it there. It was a pipe dream, but, you know, why the Chiefs? You know, the rich get richer. I hope they go 0-16. I don't mean that. It ain't going to happen. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was I was in the same boat as you, Trevor. I was watching these picks go down and, and I see DeAndre Swift go to the Lions and I'm just like, first off, why? Um, but you know, David and I on Locked On Bucks, we actually got into a real heated debate. We called in for backup and you know, I was I was battling for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was battling for J.K. Dobbins. You know, David's an Ohio State guy. And you know, we even reached out to to JC and and he put his vote in for for Dobbins, and so I lost that battle. And I thought, you know what, this this would be the time when I am forced to hope that a player from the school that I hate more than anything comes to the Buccaneers. And then I went full dude perfect rage monster when they took Antoine Winfield Jr. And it had nothing to do with Antoine Winfield Jr. I love Winfield Jr. I was just I was so sold on finally getting that big name, high impact running back that the seeing them pass on Dobbins just hurt me to my core. But you're right. Antoine Winfield Jr. is the only guy they could have picked to, you know, over somebody like Dobbins. And it's because he is just so incredible and he fits Todd Bowles defense in just such an amazing way. He he's so versatile. He can he can drop in coverage. He can play up in the box. He's a ball hawk. He's everything that Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians want on the back end of that defense. And he's that that missing link. If if Jamel Dean and and Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis continue on the upward trajectory that they finished 2019 on. Adding a guy like Antoine Winfield Jr. makes this one of the scariest defenses in the NFL. They finished the second half in the top five. So you build on that and you bring in somebody as athletic and and as skilled as Winfield Jr. This defense got real scary real fast, but the corners have to hold up to their end of the deal and they have to continue to build on what they started doing at the end of last season. I want to ask then about the running back with whom 
the Bucks ended up. Obviously, like I said there in the open, they did grab two. Raymond Calais out of Louisiana Lafayette late. But it was Keyshawn Vaughn who ended up being the third-round pick. Uh, Dobbins, Swift, Edwards-Alaire, we know they were looking at them. We know when we were getting to, to round three that Antonio Gibson was a target for them. They end up with Vaughn. It feels like a bit of a consolation prize. I don't think a lot of people expected Vaughn to be going near the top 75. Why did the Bucks value him this much? What do they like in him? And then what's the ceiling for Vaughn in year one? When you invest in a guy like this, you expect him to at least be a part of the committee. Can he be a 1A? Can he be a true one bell cow sort of a guy? What are they hoping to get out of him? I think he's the solid complement to Ronald Jones. And the name Keyshawn Vaughn was a little jarring for, I think, everybody because it was someone that no one really talked about in regards to linking up with the Buccaneers. But this is a guy, he he spent a couple of years at Illinois. And, you know, if I was him, I would want to get away from Lovey Smith as fast as possible as well. And I'm an Illinois fan. Wow, there's uh, a little disdain in the voice from some Bucks, uh, bad Bucks memories. Well, I mean, yeah, he goes from the Bucks to the Illini, and, and my my dad texts me, and he says, haven't we suffered enough? <laughs> so, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn goes to Vanderbilt. He's going up against these SEC defenses, and in his time at Vanderbilt, he leads all of college football in 60-plus yard touchdowns. He's not, you know, 40-yard dash fast, but what he is, is he's so good when he gets into the open field and making defenders miss that he's an explosive play just waiting to happen. So having a guy like him come in and be able to fill kind of that that dump off safety net role. And and he's I personally think he's a little bit better at pass blocking than Ronald Jones is. But Jones has been making strides and he's been working on it and, and trying to add that part of his game. So. You know, there it seems like the the Bucks are all in on Ronald Jones being their guy. Jason Light said we haven't even scratched the surface of what he can do in this league. So they needed a guy to come in and essentially fill that Peyton Barber role and and give Rojo a breather and and bring a little bit something different to the offense. But overall, after sitting down and watching a little bit of what Keyshawn Vaughn can do, I'm actually kind of excited to see how they end up utilizing him in this offense. But I don't think right now he's going to be the kind of guy that's going to come in right. and overtake Jones as the number right. one back in this offense. No, I would agree with that. Uh, folks, we got some breaking news on this podcast that we got to get to. We got Uh-oh. some we got some breaking news, and that is the fruit-flavored Built Bars are in. We're about yes, it. They're getting the, st- the stamp of approval. I had the raspberry chocolate cream one. I'm in. I'm in on them because I, I went with the peanut butter first. Love peanut butter. Peanut butter is normally like number one seed when it comes to protein bars. Then went with the chocolate one. He said the chocolate one is, you know, it, it, it's up there. It's what you would think. It's top tier when it, when you're when you're talking about a snack or a protein bar or something like that. But the fruit ones, my friends, they're in on it too. You get all that good flavor. And, and they just released, I think, two new flavors, right? Peach cobbler and mango. I mean, like, I'm jumping all over that. Yes. Because, I'm excited for mango. Mango, one of the few good fruits. Oh, listen, folks. If you get Ben to admit that a fruit is worth putting on your taste buds, you know that it is worth whatever price is on it. I think Built Bar said for a limited time with any purchase, you get a six-bar box of either peach cobbler or mango just for 10 bucks. And speaking of 10 bucks, if you head over to BuiltBar.com, you get $10 off your first box purchase if you use the promo code locked on so like i said i've already had the peanut butter one now i've had the raspberry chocolate cream one big fan of both 
These are really great. I mean, the, the, the taste in these protein bars are, are what is my favorite, but they're also really great for your macros. They got less carbs, they got less sugar, but they're still really high in protein. So go check them out. Go check out the nutrition facts. You're going to love them. You're going to get your first box. And when you get your first box, make sure you use the promo code locked on because you'll get $10 off. James, my question to you next has to deal with what I think is the steal of the 2020 NFL draft, and that is wide receiver Tyler Johnson going in the fifth round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is an already crowded wide receiver room, right? All pro players, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they've already got some guys in depth with Scotty Miller, with what they hope uh, is a developing Justin Watson, and then a pretty crowded tight end room too, right? Cam Braid, O.J. Howard, now Rob Gronkowski. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Do you think that Tyler Johnson has the edge on that wide receiver three position, which we know is an important one for an Arians offense? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. This is a guy. Strong. Undoubtedly. I love it. (laughs) Without waiver. This is a guy in in Minnesota who led the Big Ten in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. You saw all the hype around a guy like T. Higgins out of Clemson who goes to the Bengals in the second round. Tyler Johnson's numbers were better than T Higgins were, but nobody cares about that because he plays in freaking Minnesota in the big 10, where apparently there's only ever two teams, Ohio state, Michigan. So this guy is, is going to come in and it's going to be a slow process for him. I think it's going to take a few weeks to really get into it. We saw kind of the, the slow burn of how Chris Godwin got acclimated into the offense in his rookie year. We saw kind of the slow burn of, of Brashad Perryman. And I think it's going to be kind of the same thing for Tyler Johnson. It's going to, it's going to take a couple of weeks. There's going to be plenty of mouths to feed in the meantime, as you said, Evans, Godwin, Howard, Brate, Gronk. It's so weird to say that Gronk in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Believe uh, it. Yeah. In, get in on board, words, James, get with, <laughs> oh, get with I, it or get out. I love it. And in the words of the great Michael Scott, uh, Trevor, you picked a bad time to defect, my friend. <laughs> I think it was a great time. Since Trevor's left Tampa, only good things have happened. True. This is true. Congratulations to all other Tampa Bay You fans. are welcome. I was the curse. <laughs> I was the curse. But I feel bad that you're that you're missing out on this. Listen, I will still watch from afar. I'm still going to live tweet the games. You're still going to get the shenanigans. It'll be all right. Instead, my presence was just the reason why Tampa was able to flourish. So I'll take it. All right. Fair enough. But yeah, as far as Tyler Johnson is concerned, I think by time you're hitting the the middle of the season, he's going to become a more important part of the offense and he's a guy that again he can do it all he's such an underrated receiver in this class and I think in any other class we're talking about Tyler Johnson going in the second round yeah he he is that good so I'm excited to see how they use him but I don't think it's going to be a whole lot right out of the gate I have two final questions. One, a quick one here, just with all of the resources put on the offense. Obviously, we have the Brady edition. We have the Gronk edition. Everybody knows about those. But then with the picks of of Tristan Wirfs and Keyshawn Vaughn and Tyler Johnson, how good? What is the ceiling? What should we expect from the new look, completely revamped Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense led by Tom Brady? Oh, the ceiling is the roof. Yeah, it's one of my favorite quotes. I appreciate you dropping that there. Um, I think you're looking at a a 
top three offense in the NFL. If everything goes, you know, according to plan, everyone stays healthy, which I realize is a, a an impossibility. This right. is a top three offense. You take a look at the numbers that they put up last year. And a lot of that was in in losing efforts. You had a quarterback that turned the ball over you had 30, what was it, 38 times, including fumbles. So now you're bringing in someone that's protecting the football, making smarter decisions. You know, is he going to have 5,000 passing yards the way Jameis Winston did? No, absolutely not. But he's not going to need to because he's going to be more efficient with the football. Is he going to keep Mike Evans' streak of 1,000 yards going? I absolutely believe so, unless you know something unfortunate happens. I think you still have two Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl and All-Pro caliber receivers there. You have two Pro Bowl caliber tight ends. What what are defenses supposed to do? So it's it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, for fantasy players, it may be a nightmare because it's going to be a who's going to be Brady's favorite target, you know, each week. But there's just so much going on with this offense and with this team and with this talent that it it's going to be near impossible for them to be shut down you're looking at at probably one of, if not the highest scoring offenses in the NFL. I love it. Now, the second question is the question, the closer, the one that we all. I was going to say, are you going to are, are you going to let me ask the UDFA question? Because do you want to ask UDFA question? <laughs> no, you're going to ask it better because, well, actually, you might not ask it better. You just might be more forceful and definitive with not having a friendship with somebody if the guy doesn't make the roster. So I guess I'll That's let true. you do that. I like having friends. Our so friendship I'll let you is on the line, as it usually is with everybody else. Bucks, UDFAs, 2020, weird offseason, maybe no camp. How are they going to make it on the roster? I don't know. But one of them is, and Trevor and I have been learning across the course of this process, a lot more UDFAs make it on the roster than we once believed. So with Tampa, of the UDFAs that they added, I want to know who do you think is the most likely of those UDFAs to make it on the roster? Most likely, I'm not really sure, but I'll tell you my personal favorite, and and he might have a good shot. Given, That's what I want. That's what I want. Who do you believe? Given in? the lack of depth in at the position, is another linebacker at LSU in Michael Divinity, and this is a guy that you know he had some right. off field problems. He missed some playing time, but you know, he's a, he's a solid linebacker. He, you know, he's versatile. He can play inside, outside. He's not going to have the speed as a pass rusher in those three, four sets that, that you want like a Shaq Barrett or a, a Jason Pierre Paul has, but think about it. If Levante David or Devin white go down, this is a team that their contingency plan has been Jack Sitchie who can't stay healthy either. So you you're going to need to find someone who can help give this team some depth. Divinity could come in. He could be a special teams contributor. He's a, a, a solid tackler. He's strong. He's elusive. He's aggressive. But, you know, the, the speed, I think, may hurt him a little bit. His avail- his ability to read and react may hurt him a little bit. But that's something that he can continue to work on, continue to develop in with these undrafted free agents you're looking for the raw talent that you can hone in on and you can basically bring up to par with the rest of the team and they've done a good job with that in tampa especially under jason light you look at adam humphreys who got buku cash out of out of the tennessee titans he was undrafted cameron Brait undrafted you know they they have pieces and parts on this team that that have come up through the ranks peyton barber was another one 
so I, I like what Divinity can bring to the team as far as a depth piece. And I think given the lack of depth at linebacker really may play in his favor quite a bit. There we go. Top to bottom. James did a great job of breaking down this, uh, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft class. We really appreciate him joining us. James, before we let you go, man, make sure you let everybody know where they could follow all your work. Yeah, you can find everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and every day on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Follow me on Twitter at JayYarko underscore Bucks. And Ben, don't sleep on the banana nut bread built bar, man. Ooh, banana nut bread. Is that the next banana one? Banana nut bread. It's, I, it is I decided. My, I got my second shipment today and I did the create your own box. Peanut butter brownie, mint brownie and banana nut bread. Wow, what a All king right. combo. That's that. That's the combo right there. I'm excited to get my next box. I really am. James, really appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks so much. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. James and David do an awesome job covering the Bucks over there. Make sure if you are following Tampa in any way, you're following them, listening to their podcast. We got one more draft class recap to get to this week. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.